You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, hi. We're back. We're here watching the show. Welcome to Riverdale Gang, the watch-along critical commentary podcast for uber nerds. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I am so excited to get geeky this week. Uh, So last week I said uh, a bunch of things and we compared a bunch of notes and um, realized we weren't clear on some certain biographical details about uh, the creator. Um, So I went and Googled a bit and oh boy, is Roberto Aguera Sacasa really cool! More than I thought, more than I knew. So I'm excited to geek out about that a little before the episode. Yes, do so. Tell us all about it. Um, Aguirre. Thank you. Thank you. The U's are silent unless there's an umlaut on them in Spanish. Learning. How would you know that? Now you know. Yes, Spanish (laughs) is not in my language rep. Um, But uh, things I did learn this week. So um, our creator Roberto is also a published playwright, which I didn't realize. Which Um, makes me nerd hard yeah. I'm a pub well I'm a yeah, you are right I'm yeah. not published oh yeah not not in the place not in the way like people paying for rights strangers paying for rights yes. often kind of a way but uh Roberto has 10 uh published plays out that I am super excited to dig into um yeah. because they sound like my jam um I learned that he uh while working at a Shakespeare festival um went to a a week-long workshop with my very favorite contemporary playwright, Paula Vogel, um, Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright who has really, um, I think, been a defining voice in sort of non-naturalistic contemporary non-period theater, sort of these, these rough, this rough emotional theater that um, dabbles into uh, some surrealistic edges while staying very emotionally grounded. So um, a really important voice in uh, North American theater of our generation. That's me trying to get the cat away from the mic in case anyone's wondering. This is Tazzy. She joins us occasionally. Um, yeah, so that apparently changed the course of his career because he studied with her uh, was told, take playwriting seriously. So he did, and published 10 plays, um, which include some of the geekiest, coolest things that I'm uh, thrilled to get my hands on soon. I haven't gotten hold of any yet, but um, one of his plays includes uh, Rough Magic, which is a meta-textual pop culture uh, adaptation of The Tempest, Shakespeare's wow. The Tempest. What's it called? Rough Magic. Um, Interesting. In the description, it says it references X-Men and Harry Potter. Oh my um, god. Wow. Yeah, so that sounds right up my alley. Um, in addition to a number of other pulp and horror and genre play pieces. So I like I see the bones of the, the television that we're getting. And um, this new knowledge gives me so much faith that some of the ridiculous things we're reading into this show are intentional. Yes, that is true. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really excited, gang, to get a hold of uh, some of these plays and um, tell you a little bit about them. I think that might be sort of a holiday project for me, is reading a few of these plays and um, letting you know some thoughts and opinions on the the old body of work that defined... Um, how do... Crap. Uh, Aguera? Aguirre? Aguirre. Aguirre. Uh, Aguirre Sacasa's early yeah. work. Try for the G-U and don't bother with the R's. The R's are hard. 
Yeah. There's two of them and it's like an extra roll. I'm not great with R's at the best of time. Okay. Between my, my poor French and my poor Japanese, R's just mumble weird. <laughs> Aguirre Sakasa. Aguirre Sakasa. Um, like Carmen Aguirre. It's the same name. Who's Carmen Aguirre? She's a local playwright. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. She's a moderate level of fame. Yes, I recognize the name once I realize where I'm supposed to recognize the name. Anyway, um, so more geeking out. Um, if we do a, like a holiday hiatus episode, that might be one of the features I'm thinking about. <gasps> a, a little Is there a one essay act? play Is review. Is there like a one act that might be about 40 minutes long? Or an hour? Chloe, there, do a live there is a collection of short horror and pulp plays that Ryan. we could absolutely yes. do a reading of with some of our favorite people. Yes, yes, I, yes, yes. Well, that's an idea we spontaneously had, and I'm not going to name drop the actors who work on shows with some people that I might... Let's make, do it, let, yes. Anyway, well, stay tuned for the full formation of that idea, gang. Yes. Um, happening now. So, uh, deflustering. Um, hi, Chloe. Hi. What did you think of that episode? Um, I have to say, okay, so one thing that I interested me about the episode mm -hmm. was that it was a very quiet episode. Yeah. I've been listening to a podcast called The Soundtrack Podcast, mm -hmm. which talks a lot about soundtracks, obviously, mm -hmm. and but also when music is used. Right. And it's suddenly like I've developed this extra sense. Yep. And I found that this was a very quiet episode, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of interesting. Um, on mm -hmm. a second watch, I'm going to reflect on why that might be. Um, having said that, this episode was slow for me. I was a little like, oh, okay, like, we're here we are again. We're in Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly right at the end, the punches started getting thrown. Yeah. And I was really here for it, which is what this show keeps doing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I noted a lot of silent dialogue. Um, yeah. And this kind of fit what I was reading into that dialogue that we're getting a lot of exposition this episode but um, I think they did a reasonable job of wrapping it up in character driven conversations for the most part there were a few moments that that I could see the plot moving characters without motivation around mm. the chessboard um, but uh, on the whole I really liked this episode I felt for the first time this season that this was an episode of Riverdale um mm. I thought they veered back into the mystery thriller genre that they've established solidly as their default genre for two seasons, um, and taking us out of the what felt like high fantasy of short-term genre of the first five episodes into this week, this blip of genre. Um, I, I was really here for it. I felt like they hit their stride. I felt like... I saw all of the payoff of the narrative threads coming together, and um, I'm just really excited by the developments of this episode, mostly with a few moments and criticisms. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Do we, we want jump to... in? Let's watch that again, Chloe. I'm Let ready to watch so. that again. I'm ready to. Okay. Well, gear up, gang, with us if you're going to play along or, you know, listen on your commute or however you however you do do. Are you going to sing the Netflix Badoom or am I? I'll sing the Netflix Badoom. Okay. And then I'll do Warner Brothers. I like that. Okay. Practice. Ready? Yeah. And no, no. Hit the button, Ryan. Badoom. No, don't hit the... <laughs> I'm going to try that again. Okay. Ready, Chloe? Yes. Ready. Badoom. Wow, 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 wow. Last time. 
we had Archie. And this was a fun episode that they're hearkening back to the cabin in the woods episode. Yeah, I liked I that it. one a lot. It was not quite a bottle episode, but yeah. it a lot of fun creative things happened. There was also that wonderful moment where I thought Archie and Jughead were going to make out. Yeah, right. Real, well developed chemistry and tension. Mm-hmm. I was here for it. Now that we know Roberto Aguirre Sagasa is gay, yes, have reconfirmed. Also... You confirmed. I have reconfirmed. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> that brand. Um, I'm so glad to see the end of this um, prison thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not missing it at all this week. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm feeling free. It's a nasty Archie, little wound. So I called um, Archie being infected before it was like obvious. Like, look at that guy. Yeah. He's like sweating. It's Feverish. Cold cloth on his forehead. There's a pretty blonde woman nursing him. <laughs> like he's got a fever. You know. Definitely. He's a narrative fever, a narratively satisfying fever. Yes. Um, lighting in this scene uh, really set a mood for me. Um, mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with candle lights and oranges here. Um, I think that's one of the kind of this season's palette. Um, part of the show's palette, of course. But the I feel like we're getting a lot of these washed out vintage Americana pastels scenes with sort of the the sickly olive greens um and then a lot of these warm warm light blue light hard contrasts um i'm feeling like this might be kind of the maybe i'm (laughs) it might be early in the season for me to read too hard into that but um kind of the color scheme and mood of this season i'm really digging and i'm really Mm. um i'm i'm getting in the production design a lot of like very 80s ish vibe are those two like blaring interrogation lights on top of that uh, on that ceiling is that what those two black things are they look like stage lights to me huh yeah i mean maybe that's just a production designer thing or intentional Dilton doily weirdness i love betty in this leather jacket i think it's so great i really liked um alice and betty development this episode um i I did miss Alice. I didn't realize how much I missed Alice with agency and causing problems. Yes. Um, she is such a good problem, especially with um, the the overitness that Betty has been leaning hard into for like four episodes now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, it's interesting. I love that the that we get to see the reaction from the kids about the suicide. The- yeah. The word suicide. I thought that was a nice way of mm-hmm. showing where their characters are at. Yeah. And like returning to a place where things like death have a little weight again is mm-hmm. refreshing. Mm-hmm. Even even within this season. Um, I just got to say there's votive candles here. Like slow <laughs> down with the Catholic overtones. <laughs> Although it could be like an inversion of like Catholic guilt, like she, this is religious for her, you know, I, which I kind of dig. I'm I here like for that. the deep metaphor. I hope I, that's what's happening. I mean, I just assumed they had leftovers from lighting all the lodge sets. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> but either way, this is a color scheme also, Veronica brings with the her. The tunnel in this set is yonic imagery for, anyway, <laughs> I'm making that up. I don't think that's what's happening. <sighs> I don't believe... That that's imagery has occurred in the show. I do like 
um, I like looking this at looking at the show with as framed with female gaze as much as possible. And I don't know okay. how much, like, I don't think the show naturally will do that very often, um, mm-hmm. given the the core dudeness of most of the creative team. Um, but they do bring in about half, I think, about half um, directors and writers are women in this hmm. show. Um, okay. So I would leave the I would leave. A female gaze or a feminine gaze from Riverdale more than most television. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Also, there's so many moments in this Hello Cat. There's so many moments in this show where Veronica realizes plots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the first music I'm noticing. This yeah. very low background, like, nr. Yeah. Just kind of carrying us through this not heavy content, but heavy emotional note conversation, yeah. right? Like, this this is one of the conversations that doesn't happen for us. Like, not a lot happens plot-wise in this conversation. But these two clearly need a touchstone moment for everything they go on and do this episode. Yeah. Go on and do. Hmm. Um, for such a... Sh- and actually a fairly short episode, you felt like this dragged, or you mentioned that. I actually felt like it felt so, long in a good wait way. Wait a minute. Yeah. There's very, like, low bass in the background here. Yes. A little more. That's it. It's... It's all transition music. It's nicely scored. It's... Yeah. It's... it's They don't do the pop this week. There's no room for pop voice. I like the slow build of Evelyn. I like the slow build of... Um, the... Uh, Evelyn... The, the farm girl. Yeah. I like that she's just present. My sister Evelyn. Sorry. <laughs> Always room for a little Amanda Palmer. Yes. This is not the plot I want Josie to have. Yes, I would rather De- she was not passed out. I was rather she was doing things. Developing seizures, having fear, being the weak link. I also love how Reggie is like, ugh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> he's like, he's being very good at cover up. Yeah. Like he basically was like, I was jerking off in my room. Leave me alone. I mean, he's he's drug dealt before. This isn't his first rodeo. Um, The camera work is consistently delightful in this scene. The tilts and disorientation are very um, horror thriller genre. I also love that it's Cheryl who helps her. Yeah, yeah. The growing compassion of Cheryl Blossom. Our paragon. Yeah. Oh, one thing I really like about their relationship uh, Bugheads this 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 season is Mm -hmm. that they really... Like, Betty really profoundly agrees with Jug disagrees with Jughead. Yeah, but they keep... disagrees with what he's doing, and I think he's a bit like, I'm, I'm. Anyway, they're they're butting heads, but they're still in relationship, and I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, they're they're working together so well through conflict, and that's so rare. Yeah. On television, um, there's a bunch of plot I don't care about because it's about the warden who's gone now. Yes, and goodbye, warden. I mean, it's 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 important steps to understanding the G and G, I guess. But um, I I this episode did some really intense things with plot as far as Hiram's role and the accusations, um, regarding that I I was surprised to see in a penultimate half season. You know, we have at least one more episode. Um, I am skeptical now of the Hiram is responsible for everything theory only because he's being accused of it too early. 
Hmm. Well, no, they accused Hal early and then let it simmer for a bit. Did they accuse Hal? We accused Hal. Well, they accused Hal earlier than I was expecting. Fair point. Hey, look at this, like, scene that has nothing <laughs> to do with, like, the white middle class people. Yeah, of the police tearing up private property. Yeah. I mean, Cole Sprouse is hard white. I don't know about the other two dudes. I don't know mm-hmm. what their backgrounds are, but, like... Yeah. Sometimes in mainstream television, black hair means person of color. No, I'm making that up. But that's like how shitty white, sorry, white television can be sometimes. I follow. It's, yep, at least you're not blonde and uh, class diversity. The fact that we're hanging in the trailer park is relevant. Yeah. So I love that Kevin just like knows that something is up. Yeah. He's like, yep, that's bad. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like how functional human Kevin Kevin is here. He's a helpful friend. Um he's a little bit of a paragon as well here alongside Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um he, he and Josie and Cheryl are super supporting characters this episode mm-hmm. and they do it great and I like them but what we were saying about the show lying to us. Mhm. What Ryan specifically said about the show lying to us. None of them have agency or act like leads. Okay, so here's like a little bit of transition music, a little bit of transition music, very bland, very kind of basic. Mhm. And very setting, but still in the same st- tone, the same melody lines as before. We're not yeah. really transitioning between different moods, different plot lines. Um what the music's telling me right now is all of this is the same plot. All of it's coming together right now. Yeah. We're not pulling between motifs or pulling between character themes. And here's some like kind of like woo guitar, mlish, manner. Mm-hmm. I liked this power trip of Betty's. Um, I liked how she played it on all her of her parents, how it played out. Um, I liked that they all showed up and she caught them. Um, and I missed FP more than I realized. Yeah. Hmm. So we've got like a little bit of low music in the background. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's portrait is hanging over all this, which is kind of interesting. Yes, Veronica's portrait and the replacement portrait in Hiram's uh, office were really visibly prominent this episode. Very yeah. intentionally framed several times over. Um, <sighs> I did notice that when... Uh, who is it? Betty. Betty revealed that it was her who was the gargoyle king in this instance. Mm-hmm. You see Hiram's hand come into frame and slam down his invitation. <laughs> I think it means something. Also, Ryan noticed this framing. This framing. Oh my gosh! With Veronica presently looming, yeah. beautiful shot. Um, especially with the count, the the shadows they're in, and the bright light just on her face in the portrait. Yeah. Also, um, I love how you can tell that not all the actors were there that day. You know what I mean? Careful shooting around. Yeah. They got all those reactions once. Um, Hermione is so done. I love it. This whole episode. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. She's not snapping yet, but like we're through, we're seeing the through line of how she's processing the last episode. I love oh, maybe it. Maybe they were all here. I mean, I believe they were all there at some point. I don't know if Reggie's parents were in more than one shot. Yeah. Oh, I think this I think this episode was just quiet and not silent. Mm-hmm. Quiet enough that we were unaware much of the time. Yeah. But I agree it was subtle. It was very subtle. 
Penelope spins a tail as she gets back into the plot somehow. Yes, we would like a return of Penelope. I think there's some possibilities with this character. Hmm. Both married with families. There's that so does many stop people, doesn't it? <laughs> from murder? Apparently not. No, from adultery. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes things less convenient. Yeah, see Rachel Tulele, uh just flashed across the credits, the director. Um, oh. She's a professor at UBC. Is she really? And um, she was the first woman to direct an episode of Doctor Who, Ooh. as well as the um, creator-director of Tank Girl, which is a lovely uh, early 90s feminist uh, post-apocalyptic piece. Um, what did she teach at UBC? Oh, film production, of course. Oh. Yeah. I love how Betty is so like, this is BS. Dilden Doily's dad did it. Because <laughs> we don't all know that, obviously. Um, yeah. This camera work. Yeah. This camera work is on point. These tight, weird, disorienting close-ups. This episode has mood and theme. It's beautifully done. Ah. <sighs> This is the first time since season one that I've really felt the parents' perspective yeah. quite as weightily. And we're no longer just seeing them react to their kids in trouble. It's refreshing. Yeah. I've missed it with these you know, talented and like given some sugar to chew on. You know, these actors scramble sometimes. Some dark sugar. <sighs> oh, Joaquin. So how do you feel about the Joaquin plot? Sad. Sad. I mean, I like that he does a bunch of things in this episode, but then he dies. Yep. Um, also, this is FP handcuffing his child to a refrigerator. G&G is like a drug. I'm going to handcuff you to a thing to cure you. Like, come on. Okay, I actually liked this because <laughs> FP has been nervous all season. Oh, and he's finally they, done a thing. They spent a lot of time lingering on his unsure face, and I think Skeet Ulrich has been doing a lot of excellent reaction shot acting. Um, it set this up for me. I believe yeah. that FP is not thinking rationally right now, um, and the final beat of this episode aligns with that nicely as well. Oh, there's Nikolai! Yeah, once again. It's neat to see recurring local actors getting work. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. like, what a ridiculous character... <laughs> yeah it's a good character for him well, like he's he's a very sweet looking person but he is very tall and skinny with and the he caricature big, big fun eyes and yeah. i can see why i can see why it's a good piece of casting for him he looks totally normal in real life yeah god archie is just so confoundedly stupid mm -hmm. he is so stupid yeah i'm manipulative will you help me kevin will you form a militia with me <laughs> I Ugh. that's a really excellent point, and I don't think he knows he does it. No, most white men don't. Mm, fair. <sighs> Here we go. Here's Veronica, like really playing with the edge in her parents' home. Frankly, yeah. Tbh, <laughs> she's still living with them for somehow. Yeah. She owns property. Yeah, you need some legal emancipation, girl. Mm -hmm. Like you need it hard. I um, liked her sleuthing here a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it also harkened back nicely to the um, season one genre stuff. Um, again, this show, this show got back to what it does really well, I think, this episode. 
That's interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think those things are? Articulate for me. Um, the mystery thriller genre. I thought they set up a intricate, weavy plot, and they put it all in place to um, amp up the tension with real, reclaimed, recreated stakes. Um, I love that it's a shot of portrait Hiram there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so cute. Always a bobby pin. I love it. <laughs> I love doesn't. that she picks the lock too. He doesn't. It's of course. Like, well, she can know, pick a padlock. Like I know, but I love that like this middle class girl like becomes a serpent, and that makes her edgy when she already knows how to pick locks <laughs> and like pay off corners. That's and a do good point. All sorts of things. The paying off the corner thing really is like a bit of a a bit of a depth here. Yeah. Um. In small bills, as we've said before, like way past a high school show, we're. This is another episode that didn't even pretend it was a high schooler show about high schoolers. Yeah. Not the slightest. Like um, I said, this show needs to end with them doing their college interviews. <laughs> like, what have you done for your community? <laughs> well. <laughs> kind of a variation on the Seinfeld final final episode. I, I don't know. Um, It had the sitcom characters being put on trial for um, essentially being awful humans and watching all sorts of crimes and immoral things happen. Basically, it summed up the show of, here are your four terrible people. Here's what you actually deserve. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was clever for someone who watched Seinfeld a lot at the time. It interesting. Was, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I want for these characters. I want their college interview, and then they're released <laughs> into the void, and then in 10 years we'll have a, a film. <laughs> that's what I want. I could see this cast aging nicely into a made-for-TV, yeah. um, a good old 80s television-style reunion episode. Yeah, or also they could just make it the next year, and they could play their actual ages. <laughs> uh. Also, I love that she's like... This is Kevin's fault. Like, come on. Like, way to avoid blaming your boyfriend. And Kevin knows he's being blamed and has these great reactions. Yeah, like, what? (laughs) Don't get involved in the straits. So what did Archie expect here? I don't know. Um, So again, what are you going to do if you find them, Archie? I don't know what on earth he could possibly have planned here. And Kevin's the only one being practical with any basic, like, military first aid kind of Boy Scout knowledge. Well, he's ROTC now. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, a flashlight for both of them. You're going to, like, pop your stitches. Like, for the record, we heard a story in my doula training workshop oh, gosh. about a woman whose cesarean scar burst <gasps> when she picked someone up. Like, he is right. He is going to sneeze and pop all his stitches out. Oh, cesarean scars. I know it's because doctors are doing one layer of stitches instead of two now because they're sexist. The end. Long discussion. Let's dig into sometime. I want to hear more about the doulas and the horrifying and I agree. So that symbol is on. Yes. Um. So there's a symbol on that. What's it? Um. That sacrifice. Sacrifice. So who's the sacrifice? Is it Meta or is it that kid? That's an interesting point. Or is it neither? Is it all related to Archie, the sacrifice? I mean, everything's about Archie. What? Everything's about Archie. Yeah, I know. Monica Posh. I love that's who she sends it to. (laughs) And how it loads immediately. That's sort of interesting. (sighs) It autofills. is that actor who is about to come in, the secretary, also in um, 
Is she also the librarian in Sabrina? She looks so familiar. Um, I don't know, but uh, we can go back and watch. Let us. Uh, after this. Not right now. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe she was the secretary in the other episode. She looks so familiar, though. Like, she's she's a an old-timey character actor. I've seen her and stuff. She might also be a local... One of the or locals. Or she's local. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so this is like Jughead being evil. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for violent threats, Jughead. And, you know, his gang member defected and shanked a member. That's... Yeah. He, he gang-led here pretty effectively. Not, um, not that, like, Jughead hasn't done similar, but, you know. <laughs> Fair point. All um, gang leaders forget that when the time comes. I liked Joaquin's performance in this scene. I yeah. like he got a nice little last hurrah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna miss him. Yeah. Um I Stop killing your gay characters. I wanna we Okay, let's touch on that, because I am here for repeatedly posting the list of dead lesbians uh that is ever expanding for television. I'm yeah. repeatedly here for calling out um all of the tropes of burying your gays. Does Riverdale have enough queer characters to do this with one of their supporting queers? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. What mm-hmm. I do appreciate it is he didn't die by suicide because he was depressed about being gay. Yes. Or he didn't die because of gay bashing. Exactly. Or he didn't die because of AIDS. Like, he, I appreciate that he died because he was a character with his own plot. He was murdered as gang messaging. And in any, in most shows, that's... A, a bad triggering trope. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm still reading not Sweet Pea uh, Fangs as potentially bi queer. I something. Oh yeah. I, oh, I'm yeah. I'm waiting for them to touch on that. Yeah. What the heck Moose and Midge were overhearing arguing about last season. Oh yeah. Um, you know we've got Moose. We've got Kevin. Well, we, no, they we've... were arguing about them hooking up. Right, or something to that effect. But it was never fully flushed out. Um. Man, that's hilarious. Midge yeah. was unfaithful to her bisexual boyfriend with a different bisexual man. Or something? Yeah. Or something. Um, or just gay. I'm well, hoping no, they just... because he hooked up with Midge. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Carry I, on. I'm hoping they explain that again or double back or, you know, give us any any resolution to what's going on with Moose and Kevin uh, and any of that. What is this bi visibility you speak of? <laughs> um, anyway. Pi... The pie. <laughs> You're pie now, Chloe. Uh, yes, bi, pansexual, <laughs> whatever the heck person over here. Me. I'm talking about me. So I still think he's involved, but I think there might be another big bad that's bigger than Hiram. I, my guess is it's a big bad who's not as big as Hiram in the long run. I still think Hiram is our end game big bad. Um, but yeah, Hiram is too shifty, but with scared eyes this episode to be behind everything in my mind. Hmm. Um, I, I like this moment of like, yeah, that he did a murder. He did a murder. He kind of did a little murder. A lot of these people did a murder. Yeah. Three seasons in, there's a lot of murderers in the parents, especially yeah. Al. <sighs> especially Al. Oh, Al. 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 It's like, who's Al? I can't let you do that. Al. <laughs> <sighs> I love, I, you know, I'm here for Hiram losing status, losing power. I'm here for Hiram being foiled by his daughter, especially accidentally. I love it. Yeah. 
Um, I binged House of Cards recently while ill. Um, and the only reason I could get through that show is because I knew Kevin Spacey dies in the penultimate season because he was fired for being a sexual predator. Yes. Um, gay sexual predators get fired, uh, without a comeback. That's the, the loop, the trope. Yes. It's Um, like only the black predators go to prison. Exactly. Minority predators go away, um, because there's something to be leveraged against them privilege wise. But anyway, uh, so what was I talking about? Right. Meditations on powerful, uh, middle-aged men, uh, Mm -hmm. straight men and watching them fall. I've realized that's one of my favorite plot arcs because <laughs> the final season of House of Cards is just this beautiful meditation on women in power focusing on Claire uh, Claire Hale, um, who is r- sort of a co-lead, but only really properly the co-lead once Spacey left. Um, I'm still sad about Spacey. Yeah. Also, Fred is the long-suffering dad here. Yes, he is. And... Um, Nikolai is the long-suffering odd coroner. Yes, who has some antibiotics on hand, despite being those coroner. not really being relevant to the job, yeah. <laughs> I suppose he's a doctor, but are coroners always doctors? I assume. I thought it but... was a second, like a different type of degree. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wrong about that. I think it's like a specialization. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right? Like the same way you might have a surgical specialization or you know, pediatrics or something. Oh, I guess I guess being a coroner must be for the people who don't like want to deal with people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're an introvert, not a lot of work company, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you also really have to like roll with anatomy to do to be a coroner. Yeah, you have to have a very strong stomach because, like, mm-hmm. it's a it's right up there with sex work and being like one of the most intimate professions. I mm-hmm. would say. And there's a significant um, lack of coroners and morticians in Canada, especially in rural communities. Um, There isn't even a morgue in many rural northern communities. Wow. Bodies sometimes have to be kept in meat lockers in isolated communities. Oof, wow. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Meanwhile, the DILF squad. Reassemble. Um, So, fun fact. Quick fun fact about morgues. Um, Yeah. I went on a cruise and a lot of older people go on cruises. So there's a morgue mm-hmm. on cruises. Of course. It's a small and, floating city. Yes. And normally the flowers are kept in there to stay fresh. Okay. So if you see like extra flowers out on a cruise, <laughs> it means that there's a body in the morgue, probably. Good to know. Yeah. Fun facts about cruise life. Oh, anyway. God. Cruises. <laughs> I'd fast. love to die on a cruise if I was an old, white, rich person. I mean, it's cheaper than living at home and gaining home care, honestly. But they're True. also one of the worst things you can do environmentally. Yes. It, I felt <laughs> I had to turn off my morals the week I was on a cruise. I didn't pay to go, but still. It yeah. Matter. At least you're exploiting the company via arts. Yes. What is your plan, Archie? I know. Kevin can see you don't have one. Listen to Kevin. Everyone listen to Kevin. What is the deal with Aguirre Sakasa going into mines? We spent most of Sabrina in a mine. <laughs> it's such a good setting hitchcock had a thing about going into the subconscious Mm. by going underwater going into dark basements all that stuff claustrophobic space yeah it it is also one of the the few contemporary human versus environment places where there's that that actual environmental threat Mm -hmm. underground collapses 
Yeah, I went spelunking once, and that was pretty intense. I got mm. it was really cool, and I'm glad I did it, but I did get scared. Yeah, and it is very claustrophobic. Oh, look at Archie being moral. I did um, a salt mine tour in Salzburg, which is the closest I've been to spelunking. Wow. But, uh, did definitely I notice that, that um, the claustrophobia could have appeared. Yes. Quite easily. And then Joaquin dies. Yeah. I. I. does I'm like sad. It yeah. I'm sad too. I thought that was a good match for Kevin. Yeah. I'm sad Who because lives? I know Seth Kevin's going to be sad. Yeah. And I don't know if the show is going to let him process. And they, oh. I want it. Did you notice there was a little crown on that? On the chair? Thing? Yeah, it's like a reference yeah. to... Jughead's chair. Well, no, it's a reference to, like, the kingdom. It's, a like, like the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I thought that was just Jughead's throne. Well, it is that, but it's also, like, the throne, like, the ultimate place. He's died. No, I just thought that the, was I know. already let me, on. Let me, let me just... <laughs> I know, it's already on there. Is reference to the Gargoyle King. It was symbolism. Yeah, but it was found symbolism. Ugh. The Gargoyle King didn't put it there. No, I know, but that it's the filmmakers having symbolism. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were so insistently interruptive. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I do it all the time. Kitty really wants to interact with the mic, so you're going to hear some meowing, Riverdale gang. <laughs> And yes, I could put Kitty away in a different room, but then she'd just meow. We welcome Kitty. Kitty is a special guest. I feel like it adds a certain atmosphere. Well, it's been a consistent since Bill the squad. podcast. On action, I... Yeah, I enjoyed seeing Fred again. Yeah, they wear really great jeans, the Dill Squad. <laughs> like I enjoyed this... dad jeans. Hospital. I enjoyed the lighting in this hospital a lot as well. This what was this very... Riverview? this no no riverview doesn't have insides like this anymore this is a set this is a set this is probably built honestly um with this that's true it does feel built and with the lighting this controlled yeah um this is archie just having a boring guilt moment yeah but that's all that's 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 what he is this season he's a boring guilt moment i mean he's we're we're not really with him that much this episode like perspective wise this is this is an archie processing emotions episode we do get a sense of him like really feeling the squeeze mm-hmm. of hiram's fist veronica and betty and uh, jughead all move very rapidly but archie is can't even his sort of jilted steps forward um ultimately fail and circle this episode well, the other three really make great progress. Yeah. Veronica. Veronica, get legal emancipation already. You know, two fierce lady lawyers do the <laughs> thing. She did just take down the sheriff, and I love Call it. I've been auntie. waiting for him to go. Call me auntie. So creepy. That's a power move. That's quite a power move. Yeah. The- I don't really know what the point of this seed was, TBH. I mean... Yeah, I'll take it as getting Penelope back in the game and also, like, alibying through her as we sort of cycle through our potential villains. Mm-hmm. I, um... For me, this this functions similarly to the Hiram setup here. The see them lying, see them not telling the whole truth, 
but point a finger so that we don't look as closely at them going forward, intentionally yeah. or misdirectingly. But either or, I feel like it's intentional. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Reason she had for covering up a murder. I'm going to make this about you and flounce out of the room. We all have reasons, and we've all covered up a murder. Penelope. Here's the beginning of the Jiffy Pop as metaphor. Beautiful, beautiful use of that Jiffy Pop. This scene is yeah. magnificently shot. Some lovely tracking, traveling shots uh, with some really horror setting tension in film uh, and uh, framing. Yeah. I also love what's appeared in Alice's kitchen. Like, I just can see some sort of homegrown vinegar in the background. Yeah. They dressed the She's sets here. very farmy. Yeah. And everyone on the team participated in making her farmy. Yes. There's a blackout. And, and there's... there's a shadow. Woo. Yep. Which... Could just be J- or FP. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Ooh. This is a well done scene. Yeah. I was I I was freaked out. I'm freaked out. Yeah. Good deep horror, all of the deep shadows. Some lovely silhouetting. They create night here so masterfully. There's a gargoyle king. What? With flashing flashing purple pink lights. The color theme, even that the low burn of that fire was color graded yeah. to this sort of unnatural pink purple. We didn't see the Jiffy Pop exploding everywhere. Yeah. Um, so this is creepy. Built. But yeah. also, what's funny is when that door was forced open, I recognized Skeet Ulrich's hand. That's how much we've been watching the show, Ryan. <laughs> and here it comes, FP, like Jughead, but into Betty's bedroom? Like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm guessing you just can't break into Alice's, and we all know this, maybe? Mm, perhaps. Anyway, um... They have a sweet moment, and then FP gets a face that I read as betraying Betty with Alice. I read this as the moment where the bad decision was made. I think FP is in on. Oh. It was nice seeing these two characters again. Yes. uh, At length, this much. Um, It was nice seeing the parents act this episode and feature like, like pieces. Like, named players. Yeah. I also love the, like, good relationship between Kevin and his father. We oh, need, yes. We need, like, dads who are cool with their gay sons on television. Yep, Please. in every little way. And Kevin doing things, doing things, doing Kevin things. <laughs> oh, this wow. Was... This, like, the guns are out in this family. Mm-hmm. This is a good scene as well. Yeah. Also, I love, like... Veronica's crusader cape through all this. Yes. She is immaculately fashionable, even in jail. And we see Hermione take, in, take this all in and process it. Real nice. Um, a, a particular Hiram line I clocked, your mother doesn't have a computer. A little yeah. while back. Ooh, it's all his computer. And in this scene, it's not... Hermione has new information and weighted decisions that I'm banking on her making next week. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. This was a nice button. Yes. Oh, my God. This really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. 
Um, and I believed this. I yeah. thought it was well set up with the horror scene proceeding. Yeah. Um, this is an impressive Alice is the antagonist again twist for me. I love that she says we. Yeah. Yeah, I think FP is the we as well as Edgar and the farm. Oh, that that meek little mom mom she says twice is like so yeah. heartbreaking. It's like she was expecting anything from her mother, but this was a surprise. And then she hangs up. Yeah. On Jughead. Whew. I just think that is such a profound and deep portrayal, and I'm having a hard time processing it. Oh, I love it. And I, I know, love, I love it, yeah. but like, I'm just very mad. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited upset. to go into next week with that energy. Yeah. Um... This was an excellent example of the, like, bang, bang, bang plot up, punching up the plot right in the, in the penultimate swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think next week is our uh, last episode before the holidays. I'm not positive. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I have to double check all that. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting along. There might be more in December, but it's almost December. Yeah. It really came up quick. Ryan celebrated his birthday yesterday. I turned 30. Well, yesterday, sorry, he celebrated his birthday on Tuesday, yeah. the 27th. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Ryan. Thank you, Chloe. Aging is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly less boring than the alternative. I mean, my body fell apart in 29, basically. So 30 doesn't feel scary. And, um,. I've done a lot of cool stuff, so I enjoy having 30 years of cool stuff Yeah, under my belt. You have done a lot of cool stuff, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, I have feelings about poor Betty being at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and also about these parents who keep sending their children off to what basically to amounts to, like, the Magdalene Laundries slash a residential school. Like, yep. I'm just, like, not here for it yep. at all. It makes me upset. <laughs> I take solace only that Betty had nothing to do with the conversion camp subplot, and so that, like... If Cheryl or Veronica or Tony were in any way, you know, around, I would expect them to scream, um, um, they do illegal conversion therapy on children in there. Not actually illegal, completely illegal in most of the U.S. and Canada. Sidebar. Um, but I would, um, Betty and, and, um, Alice, especially Alice with the repeated, um, pregnancy hideout thing, Mm -hmm. are about the only characters in the show who I except honestly believing believing that they're doing the right thing with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Good analysis. Thank you. Um, I honestly don't know where we go from here. I'm so excited to see. I can't guess either, but that's thrilling to me because I feel a lot of momentum coming out of this week. Um, I'm really excited to see what next week brings us yeah i am too i'm i'm curious i am i'm really worried about betty Mm. being put in a place uh, without your consent run by nuns is like deeply scary to me and at a time when she has no backup essentially all of her backup is busy what if mother superior is the gargoyle king i'm here for it (laughs) Oh my gosh, watching evil Mother Superior die. 
I... Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Maybe the Sisters of Quiet Mercy are also in cahoots with Hiram. Or maybe they'll just burn down. I'm good oh, with that, too. That would be great. But, I mean, if anyone's going to burn them on the way out, it's Betty. Yes. Right, Tazzy? Yeah, Tazzy thinks so, too. She also doesn't like nuns, do you, Tazzy? Not no. evil nuns, anyway. Although her coloring is a lot like a nun's. She's kind of wearing a dark <laughs> habit over some white here. Yeah, I can see it. Cute, cute comparison. Yes. Any other thoughts, Chloe? I think I'm good. I, like, that was, like, an interesting episode for me. I think I'm good. How are you doing, Ryan? Satisfied. Deeply satisfied. All right. I'm going to get myself a snack on the, the drive home. So, um, why don't we wrap it up here, Chloe, by mentioning that Sir Riverdale gang is recorded and the, the show Riverdale is shot on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Accurate. We uh, super have super special thanks to give to all of the Patreon supporters, the folks at Thunderquack and behind Thunderquack, and you gang for listening and yeah. hanging out with us. Thank you for your company. P.S. We're on social media. Yeah, we do that sometimes. Chloe does that more than me. Uh, well, not so much recently, but it, we're still there. Yeah, um, we see a few of you there. So, hi. Hi. We like seeing you there. We do. Mm-hmm. Take care, gang. See you next week for the final episode before Christmas. Ooh. Bye-bye. Bye.